0: Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Greetings to you this Christmas Eve. For those uh, few who are in this room, the, the many more who are out in our greenhouse, um, snuggled together in family units, but then socially distanced from everyone else, uh, and, um, and everyone at home uh, who, is, who is streaming this in the various ways that, that you can connect online. So thankful to be together tonight. This is Christmas Eve, the day, the evening before we, um, we celebrate the birth of Christ. But tonight, the world is weary As we close on a very difficult year, we come together as a weary people. And even tonight, we cannot be gathered with family and as a church in the way that we would desire. And there are many people that we love who even now are suffering and alone. The world is weary But not just from COVID and political struggles and all the other difficulties of 2020. Our current troubles are true and real, but they're not new. The world is weary from the ancient and ongoing struggle against our true and great enemies of Satan, sin, and death itself. So the world has been weary for a very long time. Since Genesis chapter 3, when, in, when sin entered into the world. And the story of the Bible shows the effects of sin, and it's full of stories. Stories that we can relate to, where there's brokenness in relationships. And that brokenness creates discord locally in families, and, uh, and, uh, and then even nations at war against Nations. This sin in the world causes physical sickness. It causes confusion, enmity, shame, and fear. Our current struggles are real and true, and they are part of a greater context of pain and suffering that has been the experience of humankind since our first parents rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. This is a state of being that we know well, that we tell our children, life is hard, No one has ever told their children, life's easy. I don't know what's happening with you. You're going through a little difficult time. That's strange. We tell our kids, life is hard. We know this well, and so did the world 2,000 years ago when something astonishing took place. Luke chapter 2, verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So we have this story of A young woman named Mary giving birth to a child that has been foretold by God himself. And in this child, in the midst of the weariness of the world, in the midst of all the sin and the darkness that the world has known for thousands of years, this child comes with a thrill of hope. For this was no ordinary child. This was God himself entering into our world. This is the one who is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I know for all of us, it's true that when we struggle, when we're in pain, when we're in sadness, when we hurt, we long to be with someone who loves us. And the world is weary. And the world has been in pain, and the world has struggled, and all of humankind has known a hard life. And now, God is with us in our weariness. This is the one who is there in the garden before sin, the one who has the ability to forgive sin, to heal our wounds, to remove our shame, to restore our families, to renew all things he has put on flesh and is dwelling among us. He is here in our world. And he didn't enter into a sanitized world where he was distant from our struggles and pain. He came to experience and share that same distress. He was born to a poor family in humble surroundings. Now, it's important to note that, contrary to popular belief, he was probably not born in a stable, he was probably not born outside, isolated from everyone but animals. He was most likely born in the living room of one of Joseph's relatives. When we hear there's no room at the inn, as what you've often heard, but we're not talking about a Motel 8 here when we say inn. This is is one of Joseph's families. The guest rooms were already filled up. There was no room at them to stay in the guest rooms of, of the family, so they had to sleep in the living room, on the couch maybe. Jesus was born... In the midst of a family. And I imagine that family probably had its squabbles and its drama just like yours. He was born with pain. He was born with all of the other things that come along with birth. Babies come out covered with cottage cheese, and I don't know where that comes from. But Jesus was born in the same way as all of the other babies. He was born into this difficult world. He was born into our weariness. He knows it. He has experienced it. He can relate and he can do something about it. So we have the news of this amazing birth and and not only is this happened in in humble a humble home just like yours or mine this didn't happen on a world stage this didn't happen in some important person's home this happened in the home of a humble peasant person we don't even know the home who owned the home and then after The birth of this child, the amazing news of the coming of God was not first taken to those in power or the rich or the popular or the beautiful. God sent his angels to dirty, distrusted, looked down upon shepherds. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ our Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Now, friends, I know that we have nativity scenes at our house with little shepherds there, or we've seen the Christmas plays and our grandchildren come down and waddle down with tinsel on their heads like this. That is a wonderful, cute little scene. But what happens here is that the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherd. And every time that an angel of the Lord appears to somebody in the scripture, they fall on their faces afraid because of the holiness and the and the, uh, the glory and the power that has been revealed to them in the presence of this angel. And so then the angel gives them this good news and suddenly there's a multitude of the heavenly host. The heavenly host is the army of God and there's a multitude of them like rank upon rank of the army of God and they all start singing and praising at the same time, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those among those whom he is pleased. It would have been a cacophony of sound. It would have been a brilliance of light. Well, why? Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why all this singing? Why such a stir? What is happening this night that is such a big deal? Friends, the glorious news of Jesus' birth, what we call the incarnation, is that God has entered into the weariness of our world with a burst of joy and truth and grace and hope. And he hasn't come shaming us for our weariness or telling us that it is unimportant. Rather, his response to our need is to come to us because we're too weary and too broken to come to him. And he comes to us not only to show us that we are weary and to tell us that we are weary, but to share that weariness with us. And friends, the same is true today. He comes to us. He comes to us through his word and his sacrament. He comes to us through his people. He comes to us in our praise. He comes to us even though we are locked in our homes and isolated from all of the others. He has a habit of going through locked doors. He comes to us in our hour of need. He comes to us with compassion and healing and forgiveness and love and peace and hope. And he comes as someone who knows our weariness and wants to share it and help carry it. Tonight's remembrance of the birth of Christ is a night when the weary world rejoices because the great light shown to the shepherds 2,000 years ago has pierced the darkness. Hope has flared. Our enemies of Satan, sin, and death have been dealt a mortal blow. The glorious plan of God for the redemption of the world has been revealed. God is not absent. He's not even distant. He's here, and he's actively working to save you and save the world. And this is cause for the multitude of the heavenly host to come and shine the glory around because God is at work in his love and in his compassion and in his presence. Emmanuel, God is here and he is in in our weariness with us. We rejoice tonight not because all has been made right, but because all things are being made new. We rejoice in the promise and the pursuit. We don't rejoice because we are no longer weary, but because God has stepped into our weariness with a promise of redemption and good news for the world and for you. Tonight, you can know this Savior who is still Emmanuel. God is with us. He is not distant and looking in on your pain and suffering. He is in it with you. He is reaching out to you, offering to carry your burdens and to give you joy in return. You can know His forgiveness, His love, and His joy that is greater than even the effects of thousands of years of sin in this world and cannot be squelched by any of our current struggles. Jesus has come. You are not alone. You are not a slave to fear or shame or trouble or pain. And so we, the weary world, rejoice. And in our rejoicing, we don't keep it to ourselves. Rejoicing is meant to be spread and to be shared and to grow. And we go in his power as his incarnated hands and feet. We go to others not by our own merit or our own power or even our own inclination, but by his strength, compelled by his love to announce his coming and his kingdom so that more weary may enter in. The shepherds saw this great sight and went and reported this glorious news to others, and we get this opportunity as well. So friends, my exhortation for you, our church tonight, whether you're at home, whether you are listening, whether you are watching, whether you're in our greenhouse or in here, my exhortation for us tonight is don't let this slip by us this year. That this is just another family tradition that we go to church on Sunday night, I mean, on uh, Christmas Eve night, um, and then we maybe eat some dinner, and then we go to bed and we owe presents tomorrow. Don't let this moment slip by. Open your eyes and see, Emmanuel, God is with us. And so I I encourage you in these three things. One, rejoice. I call to you to rejoice. I invite you to rejoice passionately, deeply, hungry. Rejoice out of your frustration, your pain, your fear, your anger. Worship the God who has shared your weariness. The act of rejoicing is letting him share our burdens as he has promised. You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to have all your vices contained. You don't have to feel like it. Rejoice in knowing that the pure, loving, strong, faithful, peaceful God is here with us tonight. Sing his praise. Inhale his hope. Be the shepherds and join your voices with the multitude of the angels and archangels who are still singing to this day church rejoice and i encourage you to receive i encourage you to receive to receive the peace of the prince of peace The confidence of the Lord of Lords, the wonder of the wonderful counselor, the love of your church community, really receive. God is not simply asking from you, he is offering to give to you. Know the promises of God that have been articulated throughout Advent and know that they find their yes in Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to pretend that everything is okay and put on a happy face. I'm encouraging you to rejoice in the midst of pain and just as the Lord took the initiative to become one of us, believe that He will take the initiative with you. Receive the gift of Jesus Christ. Repent, believe, be the shepherds and hear and be in all. And then finally, share share these glad tidings of great joy that are too great for us to keep for ourselves the radical generosity of the gospel is that god entered into our pain and shame of everyday life to bring the transcending grace of forgiveness and of family so run like the shepherds make haste tell others this good news share what you have heard simply bake them cookies Ring their doorbell. Call their phone. Write them a note. What of those who have lost their jobs? How can we be the agents of God who step into their suffering to bring joy? What of those who are sick? What of those who are frozen in fear? How can we comfort them? Incarnate the love of Christ to others so they may know that God has entered into their world, has taken the initiative with them, has reached out even when they had nothing to give. Rejoice at the incarnation. And participate as part of the incarnation. And friends, the moment of Christ's birth, as great as it is, is only a down payment of what is to come. It is the middle of a great and glorious plan that reveals that Jesus will come again. So as you rejoice and receive and share the coming of Jesus, do so with great hope that one day Jesus will return again to make all things new, to one day remove the weariness of the world forever and restore us to the strength of the garden. He promised once and delivered. He has promised to return, and so we rejoice with full confidence and hope that he will deliver again. So friends, the world is weary. But tonight, the weary world rejoices because Emmanuel, God is with us in Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord God, we recognize perhaps more than ever right now, our need for you. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts that we may know your presence. That we may, that we may know that you are intimately close to us even now. Not just distant and contained in a system of theology, but a real fatherly presence with us. I pray specifically for those who right now are in pain and fear, who right now are isolated from family, who right now are alone. Lord, let them in their lives and in their living rooms rejoice, for you are with them. Let them know your goodness and your love for them. Let them know that they are not forgotten. And Lord, where we as the church get so caught up in the trappings of Christmas that sometimes we forget to just stop and sit with you, Lord, let us now just open our hearts to receive To receive your grace and your kindness and your love. To receive your strength and your peace. And let us dig deep in our hearts, Lord, that tonight, in the midst of our pain and suffering, inhabit the praises of your people and let us rejoice. Let us rejoice in our dependency upon you and on your complete willingness and ability to provide. And let us rejoice that there is nothing that can crush us. That we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you are victorious over all of the things that threaten. All of the things that that wound us. All of the things that make us afraid. Lord, let us rejoice. Because Emmanuel, you are with us. It is your name that we glorify. And it is in your name that we pray, amen.